0: Hi, I'm Frankie Frane, and I've been making movies since I was a kid. I've made three low-budget feature films of varying success, and I went to film school. Twice. For better or worse, I've developed a science for completing feature-length projects on pocket change, and it has a lot to do with the kinds of conversations you'll hear on this podcast with teachers, friends, and artists. You don't have to pay forty grand a year for bad advice. This is Discount Film School. Okay, here's part two of my talk with Confused Matthew. If you missed last week's, go back to episode 32 and take a listen to that, get a sense of who he is and why I'm talking to him in the first place, and uh, and then come back here and listen to the, the next hour of cool conversation. Here we go. So getting back to... Um, uh, uh, we, we got on a Superman tangent, which is cool. Um, we were talking about... So yeah, so you start writing down reviews, and you're starting to... Uh, uh, get into the swing of enunciating, of, of of articulating what it is, and what what appeals to what appeals to a fifteen year old about being able to communicate something that they felt.
1: Uh, well, it was appealing to me because I was very bad at communicating what I felt when I was fifteen years old. So you were old. kind that, of honing that. Exactly, yeah, that is, That is. Uh, I don't know if you ever saw the film Pump Up the Volume. No. Uh, yeah, it was this film about, there. there's this guy, and, you know, it's, he's kind of a typical character, a lot of pathos, he's very shy, he doesn't know how to talk to people, he can only uh, enunciate exactly what he wants to say when he's talking on the radio, and, and this is another story where when people meet him, they don't even know it's him because the guy who he is on the radio is anonymous. They meet this guy and he can barely say a word. He's so, you know, uh, internal. Yes. But when he's talking on the radio, uh, he knows exactly what he wants to say and how. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it was like for me when I was 15 years old. I had absolutely no idea how to communicate what I was feeling, I barely knew what I was feeling myself. But somehow, when I was watching movies, I could really hone in on this stuff, and that's where I dumped. Even though I didn't do anything with it until I was like 27 years old, I really dumped a lot of, uh, uh, you know, just figuring out how to talk about things uh, in, into in, into that medium. Uh, that that's that's probably why I think I am more of a screenplay analyst because I mean, there's a lot of reviews out there that talk about every aspect of a film. Yeah. And 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 they're really really good. And I'm not saying that, that every aspect of the film isn't important. I, I did a video about J.J. Uh, Abrams as a director, mm-hmm. and I basically I I, 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 I made that video. Yeah, I made that video in haste uh, because I got really uh, I got really frustrated with the fact that uh, you know Michael Arndt was announced as the writer for the new Star Wars film. I was really excited about that He's because awesome. I think yeah yeah he he took, uh, toys the the Toy Story characters and did something phenomenal with him. That movie was, was uh, to me, better than the first two Toy Story films combined. Yeah. And, and, he, and a lot of people ask me, like, well, just because he did this with Toy Story 3, what makes you think he's going to do a good job with Star Wars? The answer to that question is he has proven that he can take an ensemble cast that somebody else created and do something great with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that, to me, that makes me think that these new Star Wars, Star Wars films might actually be really good. But So he was announced as the writer, and I didn't hear a peep from anyone. Yeah. As soon as J.J. Abrams was announced as the director for Star Wars, everybody flooded my inbox like, "Oh my god, J.J. Abrams! Did you hear about J.J. Abrams? Would you?" And so, I kind of regret doing that director video because I think I really was just expressing frustration of the fact that writers really get shit on. I mean, yeah. no, nobody, nobody. In, I said this in in another video. I think if you are a writer director you have a much better chance of getting notoriety and getting noticed than if you're just a writer. If you just have a writing credit, nobody's going to know who you are. Right. Uh, with, with one or two exceptions, I think. But that, I mean, that really is pretty
0: much... There, there's, kind of, there's kind of reasons for that. I think one being that... So we have this need, right? And there's, there's all... You can read about autour theory until you're, you're blue in the face and Truffaut and, and French New Wave. But the, the, the whole idea is that we have to assign an author to the to a film, right? And so if the writer and director aren't the same people... Um, at some point along the line, we decided the director that because it's a visual medium, uh, uh, that the person who and 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 traditionally, especially in independent film, the director is the person who, even though they're not writing, even though they're not shooting, even though they're not editing, they're the they're the continuity between all the departments. They drive the vision of the film throughout the departments. Um, uh-huh. And then, no. and, and I think the reason that writers also get uh, uh, thrown away sometimes is because, especially in big pop culture films, uh, they change. <laughs> There's ten of them, and they all have ampersands. And did you know that actually ampersands and the word this is something you get to learn in film school? The, the word and versus an ampersand actually mean two different things. And uh, for the Writers Guild.
1: Oh really? I yeah. Didn't
0: the, know that. The, the 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 and is you know Frankie Frame and Confused Matthew wrote this film together and, and uh, I think that's what that is. And ampersand is uh, you were a writer and I was a writer at some point in the process.
1: Right, right. Oh well that 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 makes sense. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I understand that completely and I, I do think that the to, to kind of make up for a lot of the things that I said in that directivity because I, I think I was I was going too far the other way. I was basically saying that the director is is worthless and the director is not worthless, especially if the director does not write. Uh, the film, if it's just a director, uh, a good director has to read very carefully yes. because they're taking somebody's work and they're presenting it. Uh, they're responsible for the way it's presented, and oftentimes, if a, if a film is not presented the way it is on screen, yes, you can have a problem. You really can have a problem in translation. They're they're basically the translator between the writer and the audience. That, 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 that's that's the
0: that's the way I, I like to think about it. Is is you're yeah. actually uh, they're actually an interpreter. Uh, an interpreter. There, uh, the screenplay is a language, right? Like this is why uh, I think Tarantino is kind of an interesting writer director because he writes p- like publishable screenplays. Like you can he pick does. that up, read it like a book, and put it down and be satisfied. And then yeah. he throws that out in a lot of respects and it makes the visual version of it. And so you you actually are taking your job as a director is to take it from this language and put it into this language. And not lose the pathos and bring to it. Um, you're, yeah, inter- right. you're interpreting.
1: Yeah, and I, I do. I mean, I, I do understand that that is important, and I think that um, the only place that I that I do tend to get frustrated mm-hmm. when with people focusing on directors rather than writers is actually oftentimes I don't understand it. I don't understand. Uh, there was an interview with LeVar Burton who was talking about Star Trek Nemesis. And I understand that he had a lot of really serious problems with the director of Star Trek Nemesis. He was treated very badly. Isn't it number? Uh, Isn't it? It's not number one. Number one didn't direct that one. I'm not that big of a Star Trek fan. (laughs) uh, No, it was Stuart Baird who who directed. Yeah, yeah. He was he was an editor. He had never directed anything in his life. And I don't. I just like saying. I I like saying number one directed it. (laughs) Number one directed. Yeah. No. uh, No. The first the, the Star Trek Generations was directed by David Carson. Who had only ever directed television? Okay. That's why Star Trek Generations looked like an episode. Uh, right. The, the next, the next two, First Contact and Insurrection, were directed by Jonathan Jonathan Frakes, and they were directed very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I don't even understand uh, why, when they changed directors, not only did they choose somebody who had no experience, but they chose someone who had less of a marketable name. Jonathan Frakes did I mean if you're going to go see a, a next generation film you would think that even just in terms of marketing people recognize the name Jonathan Frakes and they, they might go and see it I don't know if they'll see it just for that but it mm-hmm. will it might definitely be in the film's favor uh so I do understand that that director uh did a very bad job and he never he never did directing again he's back in editing and I think that's where he belongs but the only thing that anybody ever talks about with regard to the problems of Star Trek Nemesis are the story problems. Uh, you know, this wasn't done the mm-hmm. right way. Uh, Shinzon w- dominated the film too much. Uh, the dialogue, God, the dialogue was off in a yeah. lot of that film. Uh, and, and LeVar Burton echoed a lot of those problems. And the, the, the guy who was doing the interview said, so how can you solve this? And he said, different director. That I don't understand. I mean, if you're talking about the story no. problems, you need to replace... Uh, God, you need to replace Rick Berman. You need to replace probably Brent Spiner. I, I, he he was uh, responsible for some of the screenplay. Oh, really, didn't really have a whole, yeah, he didn't have a whole lot of writing experience uh, either. I don't think I'm not even sure he had any writing experience. And then you had John Logan, who I've talked about many times as having a really serious problem uh, getting good ideas into a good screenplay. He has really, really great ideas, mm-hmm. has a really serious problem hammering them into a good screenplay. And, and that's always kind of the test for me is, like, even with regard to something like the Star Wars prequels or Star Trek Nemesis, which I didn't hate, but I understand it did have problems, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, who do you replace to fix that problem? Is fixing the guy who's shooting it going to fix it, or is fix, sh- replacing the guy who's writing it going to fix it? Yeah, well, And to me, 90% of the time, it usually comes down to the writing. And I understand that writing isn't just one process where one guy writes something and this guy goes out and shoots it. Yeah. It is a process where uh, the actors will have – sometimes the actors will have a say. The director will definitely have a say uh, of where the story goes. Sometimes these things are done spur of the moment. Sometimes you'll be on set and they'll be like, well, let's try this or what if we did this. But that core of what the movie is about and where it's going to go and what it's going to do usually to me comes down to the writing. Well, so, so so this is
0: where I think that for for what you like to analyze about a film – Analyzing the screenplay is best because I think that the the, the screenplay is your um, your skeleton. It's your infrastructure. I think it's the fa- yeah. it's the infrastructure of the film. Everything sits upon it. Um, you can, in some ways. I think you can almost consider a screenplay kind of like a little bit like a formula, a formula. You have to kind of balance it. it requ- yes. you know, and, and that's not to say that a director doesn't have a, a major hand in that, but, but it is, it's the infrastructure of what you're doing. Um, yeah. everything yeah. is based off of that. And if you have, if you have a guy kill sand people in one movie and the next mm-hmm. movie, he's killing people, people, um, mm-hmm. uh, you don't have a balanced screenplay. Your infrastructure is shot. Anything Different. that you're, any way that you're succeeding, uh, directorially is undermined by, by that. And so that's, I think that's kind of what you're doing, which is you're, you're going like, I want to look at the root of this movie, uh, more than anything else. And that's what I've, I've always, one thing I've also noticed about you over the years is, is you don't, um, you don't, well, you said it in this interview, you were like, you know, I, I like Dark Knight so much that I wanted to like Dark Knight Rises, but normally I see you loving the shit out of a movie that a director did and then hating another movie that he did and really not letting that influence you much. You kind of are pretty fresh.
1: Yeah, The Dark Knight Rises was kind of an anomaly for me. I I, I went in so much wanting to like that. Uh, But for the most part, like, it's easy... This this is going to be weird wording. It's easy for me to hate a movie that I just hate. But when there's a series that I really like... And then they turn around and do a really bad movie. Uh, it actually makes me like it even less because mm. they did such good work over here. Why couldn't they do it over here? And I understand, you know, everybody makes a bad movie. Baz Luhrmann made Australia. Yep. Still trying to get that out of I him. Mean, I mean, I know not everyone is a Baz Luhrmann fan, and I completely understand that, but that one was wild. Wow, I think it cool. off pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Um, Serenity, I mean, Serenity and uh, Avengers for you
1: serenity i love yeah no i'm saying but like serenity
0: you love Avengers. oh yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah. contrasting those yeah um i think there i think there is a a place in the world for a film like the avengers i under i guess to a certain extent i understand why people like it but yeah it's just from what i've seen of joss whedon he can do so much better yeah smarter and i mean yeah and the the avengers i feel like is a movie that could have been written by anybody yeah and 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 for for i think it was a waste of, of of his talents um, I still don't think it's the worst movie he's ever written. I, I still remember Alien Resurrection, unfortunately. Uh, but he does... <laughs> That's right, he did write that. That's weird. He did, yeah. yeah. And he actually had negative things to say about that afterwards. He said that it didn't really turn out the way he wanted it to, which is kind of another callback to that honesty mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. most filmmakers, I think, usually have. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm i bothered more when, when I'm presented with a, a film by someone who, is, who usually does good work. I think that in the case of Christopher Nolan, he kind of set the bar really high to where there was really nowhere to go but down. Yeah. I think that The Dark Knight Rises in a couple of places went down in a way that was rather inexcusable. Um, The Dark Knight lowers. The Dark Knight lowers, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, but, But then also, I mean, I'm actually seeing a lot of, I'm seeing something that I don't like with regard to the Christopher Nolan fan base. I'm never one to really talk ill of people who like things like this. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'll I'll always go out of my way to say that in in my reviews. Like, if you like this stuff, great, wonderful. I'm not... Talking badly about you. Yeah, I always feel I like
0: I, I'm always like, uh, do people re- are people really going to get offended that confused Matthew didn't like a movie? I mean, like, they do. The, I'm, I'm like the dude's not passing a law that says like you can't <laughs> like this movie anymore.
1: And no, I'm not. I'm not the mayor of Movieville. No, I'm not, I'm not the final authority on any of this. He's I'm just, offering
0: there, 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 a pin, an opinion on the internet.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm offering it very strongly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But I'm not. But I'm. I'm I mean, anybody, anybody can like anything. I, I. And that's the the thing where like. Uh, when i did my moulin rouge review i completely understand that moulin rouge is not for everybody yeah, and and yeah. and especially for the people who said it's it's too worky jerky you know baz lerman is just on too much candy when he's shooting this and there's too many cuts i think that's a perfectly legitimate reason not to like that film if if that's if that's what you're focusing on yeah it really was like like someone who was hopped up on a lot of sugar i i i guess i i thought it worked at times it's, it's not like that the whole yeah. movie though no, it's not. No, it, it calms down towards the end. Uh, it reminded me, actually, of a Luc song because Luc Besson likes to do that a lot. If you watch mm-hmm, The Fifth mm-hmm. Element, it's cutting every other minute. Yeah. I actually, if I didn't know any better, I might have mistaken that for a, a Baz Luhrmann film. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but no, there's I, I understand that, that not everybody is going to like Moulin Rouge, um, and not everybody's going to like Baz Luhrmann. I mean, it, actually, if you look at uh, like the ratings on Rotten Tomatoes, which this is probably going to be the first time I will ever talk about an aggregate site because mm-hmm. i don't like aggregates yeah. or aggregate sites uh the critic reviews are very very low and the audience reviews are very very high always interesting and i think the, yeah i think the reason that is this is just a theory but i think the reason that is is the people who don't like we've reached a point where the people who don't like baz lerman's films aren't going to see it anyway and, and and the critics who saw this probably don't like him but had to see it anyway because they're film critics yep and the, 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 and they're not going to like it uh, the audience, the people who go to see Baz Luhrmann's films, probably already like him. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I think it's really gotten to the point where it's one or the other. There, so Baz Luhrmann is a very niche filmmaker. Yeah, but uh, with regard to my own personal opinions, yes, this is an opinion site. This is an opinion-based uh, review site. But I think that's what's and,
0: cool. Is like, so I mean, right there, we're talking about, you know, this kind of um, uh, the struggle between. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to make something that people like, I do care that they like it, but I also need to be artistically fulfilled, sort of the Lucas, uh, Nolan dilemma. And I think that in your reviews, you struggle with that same, you surely struggle with that same thing, which is like, okay, so I'm, I'm the guy who, uh, tore apart Lion King and it made sense and people dig that. Um, Mm -hmm. now I'm going to tell
1: them how much I love Moulin Rouge. Am I going to lose them? You know, but then, but you forge ahead. I was very conscious of that. When I, started, when I started doing positive reviews, I was like, "This is going to be the moment where." And I, I, I invite this actually. I really, I really, actually do invite this when people say, "You liked the relationship in Moulin Rouge, but you didn't like the relationship in Titanic, and it's the same relationship." They're well, confused, what, is, I mean, confused, Matthew and you. Yeah, I'm confused, Matthew and myself exactly. <laughs> like, what what is the difference between Jack and Rose and Christian and Satine? Right. And and, But when you look at it, I mean, on the face of it, it it is exactly the same. But it's the way that those two stories were told. It's always the way the story is told that is going to make that either sink or swim. Uh, Going back to Avatar, that film is a thousand different films that we've seen before and a thousand different books that we've read before, and everybody knows this story. And, and, And the thing that gets me about James Cameron in his later career is that he's not telling these stories anymore. He's just doing them again yeah and he's doing them in the most cut and paste a to c way uh, that offers nothing different i mm-hmm. mean aside from the special effect it's kind of like something that john simon said uh which i actually disagree with to a point although i do understand his point he said you know take away the special effects in star wars and what do you have you have a pretty basic story right i think that there's a curdle of truth to that i don't think that's as, as, as true as he thinks it is mm-hmm. But you apply that to James Cameron's film, The Titanic and Avatar especially. Yeah, when you take away the special effects of Avatar, you have nothing. Truly. You you have a film that nobody would have bothered with. It would have been forgotten in a day. Yeah. And it really is I think it's a combination of the special effects and the name James Cameron which still carries a lot of weight. I guess so. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he, he he the the M Night Shyamalan thing did not happen to him. You yeah, M. Yeah, M Night yeah. Shyamalan is no I think we uh the, the returns on After Earth have shown that M. Night Shyamalan is no longer a viable name. They didn't even use his name in the in the trailers. I didn't even know it was an M. Night Shyamalan.
0: I, me too. Uh, I found that out after the fact when everybody was yeah. saying we have a disaster film that just got released this weekend. I was like, oh, who yep. did it? Oh, it was M. Night. But this is like the seventh one in a row where it's like, okay, it sucks ass. And well, I guess you thought I didn't see it, but everybody says it does. But you said it was a kind of neutral. Um, it was okay. But it like... I mean, I thought Lady in the Water sucked ass. I thought that like so many sucky movies that are super expensive that don't make their box office back. At what point? Oh, I'm
1: sorry. Uh, Were you the one who who requested that I review Lady in the Water? I sure was. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I Uh, put um, 25
0: bucks down for that Lady in the
1: Water, and then my (laughs) wife, and then
0: my wife put down 25 dollars to. This was like actually just to make, like basically make a joke. She made a 25 dollar joke to make you review Pumping Iron.
1: I did. And then you did it. The joke joke paid off because I reviewed it. I remember (laughs) that. Uh, Yeah. um, Lady in the Water. And this this is the thing. Like, I I personally, and once again, just going back to what we were talking about, this is just my opinion. It's fine. I understand understand why people don't like M. Night Shyamalan's films to a certain extent. I don't think that they're as bad as everyone is saying. With the exception of The Happening. That was... Garbage. The oh, there's there's
0: a big meme, right? Well, there's a number of memes from that movie, but the one I the one I find myself repeating almost daily is there's this weird scene with like a there's an old lady being creepy at Mark Wahlberg, and and, uh-huh. and, and he goes, uh, "Ma'am, no, we're not." And, <laughs> and, then, the, and then the the line she, she accuses him of something, and he goes, "What? No." <laughs> whenever I'm at work,
1: whenever anybody asks me something annoying, I'm like, "What?" No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that I think like I think that's the worst film he's done. Yeah. yeah a- a- after Earth was so, so I-, I really honestly thought that the lady in the water was so, so I-, really? I was trying. I was. Yeah, I was really trying to get a handle on, on why people loathed it as much as they did. And after listening to people, I think I I understand why they loathed it as much as they did. But I, I honestly just saw it as another bad movie. And then, like, uh, even with The Village, I think The Village is where he really started to go downhill. Yeah, for sure. I think, there, I think there was some stuff in The Village that was viable. I think there was some stuff in The Village where I it so. had really... Yeah, I think it had really good moments here and there. I think that if you had taken out the whole stupid, we're, oh, surprise, we're actually really in the present... It would have been just as good. Like, take that out, and it would have been just as good. There were there, Those first moments where we see the
0: monster, it was kind of chilling, actually, I thought. Um, yeah. The uh, Lady in the Water, I, I just remember being in the theater, uh, like, losing all confidence in life. I just remember, like, just feeling cold and bored, and like, what is happening right now? And I like Paul Giamatti, and there's, like, weird humor in the movie that I'm not understanding and at the very end, there's CG slimy animals in a pool, and I'm just like, "What the fuck is going on in this movie?" To me, it was a little more special than a bad movie.
1: I I, I agree with the with the with the missteps and the tone of humor, certainly. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that this was the 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 if there was one thing that really did honestly get under my skin about that film, it was the fact that it was so M Night Shyamalan soapbox to get to complain about the critics who have complained about him i mean he put roger ebert in the movie and he made roger ebert the villain that's right that's right it was roger yeah and and i'm like god for for all that i feel like the wachowski brothers are trying to make themselves immune to criticism this guy is acting like a like a baby when it comes to criticism he's making a movie to complain about how people are complaining about his movies like 30 percent of the time in that film that that's what bothered me so uh with, with uh oh no you go ahead now, yeah, well, with regard to just the story, the story stuff. Okay, he's doing a fairy tale in the real world, and it's not particularly good. And he's got fairy tale tropes about these three weird things that are going to kill the lady for some reason that's mm-hmm. stupid and doesn't make any sense. And the lady isn't all that. I mean, the 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 biggest problem in that film really was the lady in the water. Yeah. Uh, when you have uh, the stakes only being. We have to get this person back to this place. Like E.T., we have to get E.T. home. Mm-hmm. You really have to care about E.T. And you yeah, cared about right. E.T. You don't care about the lady in the why I didn't care if that woman was there, whatever the hell it was or if she's stating I killed by the stupid monster. I really didn't care. But I think that's why I was like, this is just kind of just a bad movie because honestly my biggest reaction was I didn't care. My yeah. biggest reaction was I walked out of the film and I never really thought about it again.
0: Yeah, I, I felt it was claustrophobic and maybe that played into it. Um, yeah. So so, so when do you uh, when do you first decide? So I think that especially – so you've – I put myself like way out there in terms of like my name is Frankie Fran. So you've got kind of, – you go under this alias. You don't show your face. You've described yourself in your videos as shy. Yes. Um so, what makes you decide to post a public video with your opinions? Is, 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 it, is it that you feel comfortable being able to kind of hide behind an avatar, or ha- how does that play
1: out? Yes, that's a big part of it. There's a hmm. huge part of it. Is is I actually I don't think I would be able to do this if it wasn't for that avatar, and if it wasn't for that alter ego. Uh, because in, in a way, I mean, it doesn't exactly shelter me from criticism because I'm talking about. Our art is important, but in the grand scheme, I'm talking about rather frivolous things, and I think that I'm my I'm a rather not exactly a frivolous person, but it's not it's not really all that important. If if, if I it's what we do after the, the chores are done. Exactly, yeah. exactly, and so so the, the the criticism levied against me wouldn't really bother me one way or the other. It really is that whole. I'm very apprehensive about getting in front of people. Like this is really the first kind of interviewish sort of thing I've ever done. Yeah. And and it's it's because I am so apprehensive about personally talking to people. Um, this 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 happens to me at work. It happens to mm-hmm. me in, in, in public. I'm really just not that outspoken a person. Anybody who actually hung out with the actual confused Matthew will probably be bored out of their minds. <laughs> i mean, it just like the least interesting person imaginable. But, but aside, I'm aside to you is clearly outspoken though. Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. And, and when I'm talking, I guess when I'm talking about issue stuff, mm-hmm. then I can really let loose and really just kind of express my opinions and hopefully sort of a structured well, guess, and interesting like, way. Pe- pe- people, you're
0: protected from anybody being like, well, you just don't like 2001 because you're ugly. <laughs> you're
1: like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I guess that, that kind of thing I think would more get on my nerves mm-hmm. than it would actually personally wound me. Because first of all, I'm a mode. Second of all, it it, it it really doesn't have anything to do with what the issue is. And that, yeah. that 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 kind of internet chatter is really just kind of obnoxious. And you see it all over the place. It's like yeah. something so off the point of like, well, your review sucks and I don't like your mom either. It's yeah, like, right. who gives a shit? My kung, my kung fu is bigger. My kung fu is bigger, exactly. <laughs> uh, but no, when I first started doing this, I, and I think this is actually true of a lot of the internet reviewers out there. I started doing this just for fun. Yeah. Like I had no interest whatsoever. Like if if you told me, you know, seven or eight years ago, I was going to be an internet film critic. I would have been like, whatever. No, no, never in a million years. Uh, I really just started doing it for fun. And I started doing it because there really are like five or six really big films that I, I don't understand why they were well received. I don't understand what separate is It's it's, once again, thinking about what separates one movie from another, I don't understand what separates uh, a lot of the films I've reviewed from a lot of just the generally received bad films out there. I mean, I feel like they have exactly the same problems. I feel like they have exactly the same story issues. I really don't understand what dis- what differentiates them.
0: Is and it, I guess like—is it satisfying when people are like, "Holy fuck, that's true. Timon and Pumbaa are assholes."
1: Uh, to, to a certain extent, I actually find it more satisfying when people disagree with me in, course, in, a, in, a yeah. construct, in a constructive way. I like people who say, um, well, you're confused about why this film was popular. Here's why it was Here's popular. Yep. Cause I really am kind of after that answer. Though sometimes it's just rhetorical, but sometimes like when I say about Simba, that little dickhead why are we supposed to like this little shit? I'm really asking. I really want to know because I, I, can't, I can't see what we're supposed to like based on anything that happened in the film. And it's when people try to answer that, I think, where I'm, I'm really interested. Mm. If, I, if I could go back and do anything differently when I first started this, I think it would be to try and open this up a little more to have a conversation because when you do a review, you're one person talking to 10,000 people and then you have 10,000 people talking back at you. And it's, it's impossible to, to really have a a, a constructive uh, either argument or conversation about it. Why don't you do a, um, Why don't you do a chat or something? Maybe we could set that up like a. I would I would like to do that. Uh, the only reason I've been hesitant about that is because I think you would get a lot of the your mother is ugly people, and I guess we could sort of filter that out. But yeah. I mean, I, the, to 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 my interest would be really having an honest conversation. I would like to do. I don't know how possible this would be. I would like to have like sort of a panel of sorts where you yeah. get all kinds of internet reviewers. You get like SF oh, three, cool. uh, Red Letter Media. If you wanted to do it, I, I don't know if these people want to do it. I would like to get all those people together in a room, and have them talk about stuff. That'd be that, awesome. That's kind of, yeah, that's the kind of stuff that would interest me. Uh, but but no, my 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 first reason that I actually did these reviews were just for fun. Yep. And and, and I was like you know, there's like five or six films that I have a completely different opinion on than everybody else. I'll go ahead and do these. And then after a while, people started wanting to know what I felt about other stuff. And so I started talking about other stuff. And they're like, you should really review this. And I watched that movie. I think it was like the Golden Compass. And I'm like, well, you're right. That really was terrible. I'll talk about this too. Well,
0: it's got to be kind of of flattering because it's kind of, because, you know, as as a fan of yours, uh, I feel similarly, which is... um, I want that mind, whatever that mind was that analyzed that thing. I want its take, and that's why we go to our favorite websites. It's why we follow our favorite directors, is because we we like you know we recognize that someone else's voice is not the same as ours, and we want to see it through that lens. So it, so even when I'm like, you're fucking nuts. Two thousand one's great. Um, I love watching it through your lens. That's what, and, and it sounds like you like watching it through your fans' lens too.
1: I, I do, I do, because I, I, my my uh, my mantra is, I already know what my opinion is. Yeah. I've, I've had this for years. If somebody comes in with a completely different take, like 2001, uh, ever since I did that video, which I had never actually intended to review 2001, I, that was a, a friend mm-hmm. of mine said you probably should. I think it is, 2001 is really different from the rest of the stuff that I do, like, I don't think there's anything to say about it. Like, I, I even said, how am I going to review this? It's just crap floating in space, yeah. and, it was, and my, my friend said, "Just do what you always do. Just say what's going on in the film." And I'm like, "Well, that might actually work." And it's, it's, it's one of your,
0: I think it's it's if we if we can look at your uh, your ouvoir, um yeah. I, I think that it's uh, I think it's one of your most important videos. Uh, like it's I, def- I wouldn't I wouldn't regret if I were you. I wouldn't regret doing it for a second.
1: Uh, well, I don't necessarily regret it. It's just one that I wasn't really expecting to do. Yeah. Is definitely one that I expected a response to, yeah. and I've gotten. Ma- but some of the responses, like you always get that "fuck your mother," your review <laughs> sucks stuff. But some of the responses have been really, really intelligent. Yeah. Like so the, the 2001 fans. I, I, I assume you are a 2001 fan, and a, lo- a lot of the people. Not enough. Uh,
0: not n- not enough yeah. to be like one of these guys who's like "fuck you." But I but I it does make me want to engage you on a number of issues that the movie brings up
1: yeah and i i I get that from a lot of people like Mm. the 2001 fans are very smart and they know exactly they know that's what i love about 2001 fans they know exactly why they like this movie and then they are are, they're 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 they want to tell me what's what's Mm. it's not even i i've i have mean-spirited uh i stuff come back to me but probably not as much as i was expecting with 2001 it really was a it's lot a of very smart very insightful people you know. who just wanted to tell me why the film is as beloved as it is and i don't necessarily agree with it i, I think there's a lot of uh really interesting points that a couple of people have made but that's the thing i really want to see this like um i don't know if you watch uh chuck Sonnenberg's reviews sf debris uh it no i've only any- ever heard him on your stuff yeah, he's oh, he's very smart, mm. very insightful. I, I always learn something from him yep. uh, whenever I watch his stuff. He's the best. He's, I'm a big fan. Yep. Uh, he said in one of his reviews, because he was talking about mine, because he was talking about how he understands why people don't like certain things. And he talked about my review, and he said that with all due respect to me, he thought 2001 A Space Odyssey was a work of genius. I would love to see an SF Debris review yeah. of 2001. I, I, I would love to see that, and I wouldn't say a word about it because I think that, like, my review is mine. Mm-hmm. So and and I, I would hope that he's not refraining from doing that just because he doesn't want the backlash because I understand that we have a lot of sim- the same audience. I think maybe he's worried that that would spark a "see your review sucks" or "no your review sucks." I hope that's not the case because I want to see what he likes about two thousand and one. Don't you think there's that a, would make my day?
0: Don't you think there's there's a so this is something that that um, is a larger issue, but to me, uh, respect is be feeling free and comfortable to engage in a passionate debate uh, uh, yeah. and not feeling like, Oh, I better not say that. Or I don't think they can handle that. Um, to me, that's respectful. Um, uh, and, 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 and I don't think that being passionate in expressing your opinion m- makes you bullying necess- necessarily. Um, that's right. and, and, and I, th- I think, you know, people I'm closest to who I respect the most, I want to, en- I think that we should all stand on mountaintops and scream. That's one of the things I love about the internet. um, and, uh, and and I do think that that people are kind of conflict-averse in that way where they're like, you know, somehow my opinion, uh, uh, because it's passionate, is going to be an affront to someone else, which I think is really a shame.
1: I think part of it is that people understand just, – just from the point of view of people who do this on the internet, mm-hmm. I think people understand what the internet is now and how you get a lot of negative internet chatter and just really just a lot of trolls. I think people are – don't want to deal with that, but the trolls are valuable I too. So. I think don't don't. I, I think they're great too. I think they're part of the discussion. Uh, the, the, I suppose that sometimes they can be. I think that the the constructive aspect of having a conversation is sometimes lost on them. Like like. Uh, I'm just talking about the people who are like, this is good, and if you don't think so, then fuck your mother in the ass. <laughs> like just saying that over and over and over again. I don't think is really adding anything to the conversation. Um, but I think that like, uh, the, the people who, who really have an opinion and they know what it is and they want to express it are, are the people who do the best reviews. It's like, you can find a lot of reviews on the internet of people who are just saying, yeah, that was great. I mean, it was just really, really great. It was awesome. It was great. It was fantastic. And it was great. And they don't have anything. Yeah. You, you, you know that they think it's great, but you don't really know why. Yeah. And like, um, especially with the people who have opinions who disagree with me, like, Doug Walker's review, the, the Nostalgia Critic's review of Moulin Rouge. Yep, Absolutely the opposite of my review. <laughs> and I thought that review was absolutely fantastic because I know why he didn't like that now. Yeah. And I, I, have, I have something to grab onto and, and say, okay, this is why you felt that way and this is why I felt this way. That's why I didn't do – like a lot of people wanted me to do a response video to that. And I actually contacted Doug Walker and asked him if I could use – some of the footage and he very graciously said yes you can if oh, you cool. want to do a, a response i ended up not doing it because i don't want to be the opinion police and like anytime anybody does a video that differs from mine i'm going to do another video and say no you're wrong you're still wrong and here's yeah. why. The, the, that's not what i want to do i like the fact that there are diverse opinions out there let and somebody else
0: have the last word
1: exactly exactly yeah, yeah. And, and if you if you if you want to know what he thinks watch his review and you want to know what i think watch mine See where you fall. See which one you agree with. Yeah, that that to me is more important than just my opinion. Like my opinion is just my opinion.
0: So you have a you have you have a number of uh, I've I've watched you over the last five six years. Um, uh, uh, have a pretty growing fan base, and I have also noticed just kind of breezing through comments sometimes that uh, uh there I think your your fan base is kind of stabilized. Like I think that now, like if anybody's still watching you they're kind of in it for the long run and and they aren't as trolly but it's a it's like you know i what 20,000
1: folks or so would you say it's a, it's about 20,000 yeah, yeah yeah and and, and it it has it has gone to that that point of stabilization to where i pretty much rec in the comment sections i pretty much recognize all the names and mm. these are people who who have have, have a lot of them have, it surprises me a lot of them have been there uh from the beginning um that's really cool isn't it like that there's like a family it's, kind of it's 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 it, it is really awesome on the one hand. And on the other hand, it is very uh, nerve wracking because the more people watch me, the more I feel like I need to deliver.
0: Oh, you've got that. And feeling, yeah.
1: um, so it, it, it does have that that influence where I sincerely hope that the more people watch, I'm not going to change what I do, I'm certainly not never going to change my opinion. So I'll always be honest about my opinions. Uh, but just like the format and everything, I think the format of what I do has stayed pretty consistent yeah. over the years. I've, I've added video, obviously. Yeah. Is like you said, when I first started doing this, I couldn't even put video on my <laughs> computer. I was so uh, inept. low tech. Yeah. Did you
0: have to Did you have to? So have you learned a lot about like video editing over the years and stuff? No. No.
1: I haven't learned anything. I, I, I've learned nothing. I, I, my, uh, you get through it my, though. I
0: mean, they all look great and they all sound, it sound yeah, fine. And
1: yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, I, I, I guess I'm, I've, I've kind of reached the point where I'm semi savvy. Yeah. The, I have absolutely, even just creatively, the cutting is
0: comical uh, or sometimes dramatic. Like you've, it, maybe you don't know it, but you've fallen into what an editor does.
1: I think that I probably have fallen into something, and I have no idea. I have probably <laughs> You've developed the skill, yeah. I I guess I have. There's yeah, timing. I never.
0: I, what's that? There's there's timing to the video. There's a narrative. There's a there there's climax. There's there's a, there's a melody. I think to the confused Matthew reviews of, of like like a stand up comedian would, and the cuts kind of follow that rhythm.
1: I guess I really I, I really do actually try to do that. Like um, even uh, just subconsciously,
0: my internet's crapping out on you. I think.
1: Like I really wanted, uh, the star Wars prequel reviews to kind of heard It's, it doesn't go entirely off the point.
0: Yeah. Did I lose it's, you? Are you still there?
1: Okay. Uh, it kind of cut out there for a sec. Yeah. Okay. Let me just
0: mark the um, time code.
1: Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, if, if I've, if I've learned, uh, anything over the years, I guess it really is just how to make everything flow. Cause that's actually, that's harder that I think than people really realize it's, it's, it's not like having a conversation where uh, kind of like this conversation where we jump from one thing to the other. And, and, and it's a, the, the, the structure is different in a conversation than it is in a review. It actually really is kind of difficult to tie. Cause like oh, yeah. I'll, I'll be doing a review where I have five or six really big points that I want to make. And then I have to make up what's going to go on in between that. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that's really hard to do it's, sometimes i think like uh balancing how much you're just describing the plot and then making your points that's screenwriting too that's that's like okay the
0: characters need to get to naboo and i need to get them there and you need to believe my my the road that i travel um that's you know the stitching is and actually that's a lot of i think what the confused matthew reviews do like i said is they analyze the stitching you know you, yeah. You, you not the not the final quilt but kind of the stitching in it um which I think yeah. is cool. And you yeah. have to you are your face with that same challenge.
1: I was. Yeah, I I I am I'm, I'm just now realizing this as you said it. I I didn't realize that I actually had a job until you just started talking about it. You do. It. No, you do. It, it is it is it is real work. I mean even just the even not having video was harder. And yeah. everybody's like Uh, you're are are you just using pictures because it's easier it's not easier at all no it's way hard because you have to put every single thing in where it needs to be really really difficult
0: yeah um i i actually preferred the pictures because they uh because you you got to characterize the situations yourself rather than letting them speak for themselves sometimes letting them speak for themselves is important and useful in the review uh, especially when you're like just watch these three fucking minutes you know that that can yeah. be that can be really funny but i think i like it best when it's like uh you know picture of uba duba uh you know and you characterizing her throughout right like you develop a character out of anakin um that's when that's 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 a uh, w- when i'm laughing the most that's for sure
1: yeah, I did like doing the voices. I have to admit because yeah. I, 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 I don't, e- I don't even think I was aware that I was doing voices. Everybody's like, really? Oh, your Anakin, your Anakin voice sounds so stupid." I'm like, "That's how he sounded. <laughs> I didn't even realize that I was doing anything parodyable. That's exactly how he sounded." <laughs> and and like yeah, so, um, yeah, actually, the these these reviews were really challenging in the beginning. Yeah, because uh, I did have to. Not only did I have to stitch everything together with pictures, but I had to say everything that was in the film. Right, so.
0: right. I guess that's that kind of rounds it out. I wanted to talk to you. I wanted to engage you on some of these topics. Uh, I wanted to, to get some of your opinions. And um, uh, I guess my final question is, when the hell are you going to review Abo the hue Monkey?
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what? I would review it if I had a single negative thing to say about that. I have nothing but good things to say about that. That movie was fucking hilarious oh thank you I, I was actually really surprised
0: that you liked liked it so much i was glad but i was surprised uh because i i don't know maybe because it it's, was it's
1: it's it's the kind of humor that i love the fact that you add uh, that you started that uh with
0: oh, are we delayed again oh yes are we all to are we all good okay now we're seeing okay cool
1: uh, the, the fact that I started that with. The fact that you started the film with uh, a little girl saying something that was completely off the point from everything else you were going to do in the film, and then she throws a shoe at somebody. It's like, why in the fuck did you start it here? This has nothing to do with anything. And I, 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 I I laughed at that for a week. That was great. I mean, the whole movie was great, but even just the fact that you started it with something... That didn't make any goddamn difference whatsoever. <laughs> that was so fucking funny.
0: Well, nobody has kind of like concentrated on that particular joke before. Uh, that that's cool. no. I mean, what I was trying to do with the whole movie was what would happen if right if you took Jack or Forrest Gump or Rain Man and you made him disgusting and completely unsympathetic in every single way, completely unrelatable. And you made all of his sort of caretakers and all the human protagonists. You made the sort of the Tom Cruise character or the Bill Cosby character, and you made them despicable pieces of shit that weren't making any sense at all. And the only uh, the only person that makes any sense is colored by the film itself as the villain. So every time he walks into a room, it, they're playing we're playing bad music to piss him off or we're, uh, mm. Uh, we're always just coloring him as a bad guy. And I was like 20 when I made that movie. So it was, I, wow. it, I, I was a little um, out of my element. I was like, how am I going to make a feature length film that accomplishes this? And it, let me tell you, like, it, it, the people who like that movie love that movie. Most people don't like, don't love that movie. Most people really? are like, yeah, most people are
1: like, what the fuck is this? Oh, that, that. Yeah, no. The thing that I love the most about that is that it takes this political correctness of we have to accommodate everyone which, which, which is good. I mean th- th- you know that that's great. but it it takes that issue and it throws the most extreme case at it to where you can't possibly accommodate this person. <laughs> and nobody nobody knows that, but the but the, the, the principal character. And he's trying to tell everybody, and everybody is like, "No, you fucking asshole! You're you you dick! You're saying that this guy doesn't deserve the same basic you know rights and privileges as everybody else." And he's like, "It's not that he doesn't deserve it; it's so we can't do it. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's impossible." <laughs> and and uh, what I like about it is, everyone everyone in that movie except for the principal character uh, is really kind of a a, a single minded. Dick, yeah, but their heart's in the right place, right? The principal character is he, a really good guy, but he's telling them things that they don't want to hear, right? And hilarity ensues. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was hilarious. I can't imagine a single thing that people wouldn't like about well,
0: thank it. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think that they were like, uh, I, I don't get it. Um, I don't. It was, it was. It's you picked up on the fact that I was flipping something, right? Not everybody picked up on the fact. Some people, uh, some people were like. I'm, they believed, okay, it might be, I'm not trying to insult anybody, I would never want to insult anybody who took the time to watch my movies, but I think what happened was, they're very used to being told something about a character, and going with it, and, yeah. and, and not going, mm, no, the movie's full of shit, <laughs> which, which, which is what you do, that, that's what you do, you know, semi-professionally, and, uh, and so you no, pick I mean- right up on that.
1: Yeah, I picked up on that instantly. I thought that was I thought it was a great take on that issue, and I thought just e- e- even even just putting the issue aside, I thought everything and it was just funny as hell.
0: No, oh, thank you. That's really but nice. the
1: yeah the but no taking take, taking something like that and flipping it uh, is is the kind of thing that I like. Yeah, I, and I mean it, it it's, it's the kind of humor that I like, and it's also the kind of approach that I like. Mm-hmm. Same 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 with James Cameron stuff. When he when he did great films, mm-hmm. it's when he took an idea and he flipped something. Like yeah. It. Now he's just doing
0: stuff. Again. It requires a little bit of kind of intertextual knowledge about what is getting flipped though. You know, yeah. otherwise if, if you miss what's getting flipped, you're just going to be like, well, I, I don't, I don't understand anything that's going on right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you didn't, if you didn't know what you were trying to do, yeah. I guess I can understand why people are like, it's just this guy acting retarded for two hours. Yeah. But I mean, I, I, that, actually,
0: I think they may have been, you know, we really took a lot of time with the score, the musical score, um, and I think that like, but that's the musical score is all a lie. It's all underscoring <laughs> things that shouldn't be underscored the way they're being underscored. But I think people kind of sub. Subcon- they've watched a lot of movies. They're going to kind of just go with it the way where they're going to go with it.
1: My favorite, so you think that you yeah. think that they heard the, the villain music and they thought that this person was actually supposed to be the villain. They didn't understand that. Yeah. It was like, yeah. That's yeah. what I think. happened. I can, I can understand that. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: My favorite part is when we actually fooled our own crew which was we uh there's there's this really great moment in every single film ever made that I wanted to parody, which is it's sort of the second act break right, where you have um, this all is lost moment, and the characters need to find new energy to solve the problem, and but there's that moment where maybe the two people that you want to see get back together again are fighting. And it it looks like they're never going to be able to mend their problems. And so there's that. I'm like, okay, so there's the scene where Ted throws Willie out of the apartment and they're crying and it's overdramatic and Ted's spitting and stuff. So I I, I never thought for a second anyone would take this as genuine emotion. I was clearly parodying something. But like people actually and and the guy who plays Willie, uh, Ben Fisher, who was in Sexually Frank later, um, he kind of hit on like a little bit of a heartfelt moment where he's like, you're my best friend. And there was literally people I'm working on the movie with are like, Oh, I feel bad for Willie. I'm like, fuck off. This is-. <laughs> and then we did that. We did that right at that moment. That's always in every movie where there's a little montage of everybody being bummed out to like a pop song. <laughs> so we, we wrote our own pop song. <laughs> I don't know if you remember it, but it was, it's called you can cry tonight and it's me singing.
1: Right. Yeah. And I'm just,
0: I'm singing. You can cry. like, the lyrics are, you can cry tonight, just come, come on me. <laughs> and the lyrics are, come on me. Mm-hmm.
1: Come on. No, like, so it was kind of fun. <laughs> no, that's, that's the, what, what I like about about what you do, and I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to say that everybody should make the same comedy the same way or no, everybody no. has their different style and everything, but what I like about what you do and what I like about the kinds of comedies that I like are the ones that don't tell you they're comedies. Yeah It's the ones that play it straight. Right. And, and, and everything in Able is played straight. Like yep. nobody, nobody in the film knows this is a comedy. I was told and that there, t- I was told there weren't enough jokes in the movie. There were, were almost no jokes. I, I think that, I think that, but that's, that's what I like about it though. Like, um, it reminds me of the Blues Brothers. Yes. There are no jokes in the Blues Brothers. Mm-hmm. There's nothing funny in the Blues Brothers. Everything is played straight. Yeah. But it's hilarious. Yeah. Because you you are translating uh it's it's really mind-blowing when you think about it. That kind of humor, it translates humor through something that isn't funny. And that that to me is more inventive and more interesting than films that just go for cheap. Like there's something about Mary. I'm not yeah. saying there's anything wrong with with that film necessarily, or there's mm-hmm. anything wrong with liking it. But that is a very direct... It's by the books. Uh, she's got cum in her hair. Yeah. Ha. Huh. And there's the premise of the joke. Yeah, exactly. And you know exactly what it is. With, with, with the kind of humor that you do and the, the kind of humor that I actually go for, it, it's it's really an inventive way of getting that humor to the audience. And it's doing it in a way that isn't just jokes. The jokes are... Uh, it translated through something that shouldn't necessarily be laughed at. That's it's it's a really it's a really creative way of doing
0: it. See, in that way, I think that you have mentioned before um, that you don't really think that it's appropriate for you to analyze comedy. And I one of my favorite reviews of yours is a semi recent one was the um, the producer's remake. I thought it was spot on. I thought it was a really nice analysis of like, do you see how the joke works here? Do you see why the tone matters? And and I was like, you know what. I think he's wrong I think, you, I think you really could analyze. I think comedy is really ripe for analysis it doesn't mean it, but, but like any of your reviews it, you know an opinion's an opinion but it's ripe for analysis whereas something that's more experimental that is impressionistic that's meant to experiment with the idea of whether or not somebody might like it like kind of putting it out there that's kind of like it, 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 it might not suffer uh, it might not be resilient to traditional film review
1: yeah, I after I did the producers, I think that might have been the last really big review that I've that I've done recently. Yeah. Um, after that, I actually second guess whether or not I should be reviewing comedy. I think it's good. There's, there's 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 a lot there's a lot of them that I think. I mean, there's the easy targets like the oh, what are those two jackasses, uh, Friedberg and Seltzer, the one who does do the like the um,
0: epic movie date movie, oh, the yeah.
1: epic movie, yeah, that kind of thing, hmm. where people are obviously just. Not caring and just want to make a dollar, and they don't care about the here. That that's easy to spot. But I think there are some comedies that that just don't work, and maybe I should be talking about that. I, I think that I would have a really difficult time uh, separating what I just don't think is funny uh, from what I think is actually an inherent flaw of the film. Well, maybe that's, that's the what, only thing that's. Maybe
0: that's what was useful about being able to compare a remake to an original,
1: especially yes, since they used a lot,
0: they lifted a lot of the same dialogue.
1: They lifted a lot of the same dialogue, but, but it was – I guess that's another uh, issue that goes back to the presentation where mm-hmm. I actually do think presentation actually at times counts for a lot. Yeah. That delivery from Matthew Broderick, who I really like, he's not a comedic actor, at least certainly not comedic in the way that the producers mm-hmm. is comedic. There were comedic moments in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, but it was a completely different comedic tone. That That film and that dialogue is requiring – him to do things as a comedic actor that he just isn't capable of doing what was the put what, what was the
0: line that was like can't too scared can't scared can't yeah, talk can't but i scared can't talk he,
1: yeah and he just said it i mean he didn't mm. uh, he didn't deliver it he just uh what's it gene wilder was having a nervous breakdown i mean that he was a loose cannon it was it I, was true
0: it was true performance the comedy came out of the feel, the feelings the character was feeling. So that's why, I mean, that's that's exactly why, like, actions determine whether or not the comedy works.
1: That's right. Um, and I, th- I, I think you can review that. Yeah, I'm not necessarily thinking that I... I'm not necessarily saying that I think recasting would have fixed that movie, but it certainly... Uh, would have made that character at least a little bit better. Yeah. Like there was an episode of uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm where they were they were fake doing the producers, right? And they were going to cast David Schwimmer. I actually think David Schwimmer would have been a really good casting mm-hmm. choice mm-hmm. because he really is good at seeming like he's stable, but very quickly flying off the handle. That that it. would have been a good choice. I don't understand who saw Matthew Broderick's whole career and said he'd be hey, great as Leo Bloom. Like I don't get it.
0: Yeah. Um, and as you say, the, the jokes that are literally just they're gay or, you know, like that's oh not that's not a joke. Like th- there are actually gay people in the world. If, if, if there were if there was no such thing as being gay and then you came up with the comedy concept of being gay, mm-hmm. maybe.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, maybe, maybe so. Like, like what 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 would it changed if they were gay or if they were just pointing out that they were heterosexual or yeah. women? Or comic book fan, like yeah. just the fact that them being gay in and of itself isn't a joke. It's not a joke. Uh, they, they, they're, they're they're and and them acting more and more flamboyant doesn't make that any more funny. It's just pointing out that they are gay. Yeah, in, in the most stereotypical, slightly offensive way possible. Right. Like, and that's what I don't understand about Mel Brooks. Like, I'm not a Mel Brooks fan. I think that, that his his best works were done when he had the least to do with them.
0: I uh, I, I had to agree with you completely. I was really like as you were going through it, I was like he's totally right.
1: Yeah, I just and I just like it's derpy. Uh, I don't think he's a very good writer. Either. And and that's not to say that I think there's anything wrong with liking just like lowbrow slapstick comedy where people are just farting, but. For for a film for a filmmaker of supposedly that magnitude, yeah. for for a filmmaker of, of of such eminence, I would expect more from them. Yeah. That's something that uh, a six year old could do. Yeah. I I, I and, and there's nothing like I I uh, I'm about to pay you another really uh, big ass compliment. I think your comedies are better than Mel Brooks's comedies. Because there, you you said you heard about, it here, folks. <laughs> you because you think about it more, and, and yeah. you it seems it seems to me like you you understand comedy on a different level than he does. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not just saying that because, because to, 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 to pamper your ego or whatever. Mm-hmm. I hope I am. No. But uh, that's just kind of a side effect. Um, I really – it's just – it doesn't seem to me like he really thinks about what he does other than I think this is amusing. I'll put it in a film.
0: Well, there's power. I think there's power in lowbrow humor and that power is that – so so if if the whole purpose of comedy is to tell the truth without it hurting too badly, which I think is 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 one of its chief jobs. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I think all of the best truth tellers are comedians, first and foremost. That's where you hear the first good ideas is through a comedian's mouth. Um, uh, starting lowbrow or setting the expectations at lowbrow to surprise you with an interesting idea. Um, um you know for a flower to grow out of shit kind of it, it that I think there's a lot of power in that obviously Trey Parker and Matt Stone um completely shaped you know who I wanted to become as a as a filmmaker and as a comedian uh and those guys are just like you know it's it's taken 17 years for people to see it finally with the Book of Mormon but I feel like've I've known it all these years like these guys are our best are the best of us
1: they they do something that on the face of it, is so stupid and so juvenile mm-hmm. and so uh, irrelevant, and they put seeds of ideas in there, and and, and, and something that is actually very relevant yeah. and very uh, useful to society. It's it's almost the philosopher's cartoon. Yeah, exactly. It's it's, it's it's it really is. I think that is that is one of the that is one of the smartest stupid shows i've ever seen in my mm-hmm. life it it it, it 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 completely uh it, it creates cognitive dissonance because it's two completely different things and yeah i, th- I think south park is brilliant and i think that kind of comedy is, is absolutely brilliant it's how you use that material and it could be something stupid and slapstick or it could be something like the blues brothers Arebo which seemingly has no comedy at all but really it's 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 absolutely hilarious yeah and I, I don't, I don't see, I don't know, I don't see Mel Brooks doing that. I see him as being really no different than Friedberg and Silsa, just doing things that they think are cute and funny.
0: Yeah, right. Really it's like, uh, wouldn't it be funny if Darth Vader uh, break danced?
1: Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. And and the the god the the dark helmet stuff in Spaceballs was the funniest part of it. That was Rick, Rick Moranis, Moranis. ad libbing. Yeah, yeah. Right. It was it was him just coming with up with shit off the top of his head because Rick Moranis understands comedy. Yeah, and he understands that sometimes the funniest things are are things that aren't supposed to be funny. Yeah. He that he absolutely believed that he was a serious ruler of the universe. Yep. And he's this small petty little guy who's well, the, making faces under the mask. The joke I mean, it's, the it's,
0: joke has a premise. The Exactly. It, and yeah. the, and the yeah. pre- the premise is um uh the dark ruler of the galaxy is Rick Moranis. That 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 mm-hmm. is a premise where it's like yes.
1: um look at, the, whereas look at look at look uh, at look at um Mel Brooks's joke. His favorite joke in the film. The merchandising joke, where he's just pointing yeah. out that Star Wars sells shit, right? And it's like, I know Star Wars sells shit. I, I I see their merchandise everywhere I go. Yeah, you're right. They have a lot of merchandise. What's the joke? Like, what what's the punchline? Well, Was it you who
0: said that? Like the the Schwartz doesn't even rhyme with Force. Like it doesn't. <laughs> it
1: doesn't rhyme. It doesn't. It doesn't <laughs> rhyme. It doesn't have anything to do with Force. It doesn't sound like Force. It has more letters than Force. There there is absolutely nothing. Uh, to identify a joke with in there, and then he actually he actually did a a nobody knows about this. I'm actually sorry I'm saying this because people might check this out. He did a uh, an animated Spaceballs, right? Uh, it's many awful. many years later. Yeah, I know it's terrible, yeah. but he changed the Schwartz to calling it the farce. It could, and that actually that actually at least that's a joke. At least it's a joke. I thought why the hell did it take you fucking 17 years to realize that the Schwartz doesn't mean anything? Yeah. I, I don't under I I know. I don't under I don't understand him. I don't think he's a very good uh comedic mind. I don't think he's a very good comedian. I don't like him. <laughs> I don't like him.
0: Um you should do more comedies. It'd be I would love to watch. Maybe
1: him. I will. Maybe yeah. I will. Yeah.
0: Um listen, I've taken up way too much of your time. Thank you for uh, I told you 50 minutes, and we've had a, a cool conversation that's lasted two hours. I get to make a two-parter out of this now.
1: Oh yeah, I love it.
0: Um, and uh, uh, you know, if you ever want to have me on your show, have me on your show. I'll talk even more. Uh, but thank I, you, you, a lot of great stuff here.
1: Yeah, absolutely, no problem. Um, I, I I I would love to do this again if you'd like to. And I, absolutely, with, with regard to using you, there are definitely a whole hell of a lot of voices that I think you could do better than me. So I learned <laughs> I, I, some voices. I, yeah. Uh, Yeah,
0: well, happy to do it. Um, Confused Matthew, ladies and gentlemen. com is where they should probably be watching stuff. Um, And if you're like me, if you want to keep up on stuff, what I do is I subscribe to the YouTube channel, which he puts up little trailers to kind of say, hey, come over here where I get paid uh, a little bit. Um, I'm hope. i I, not sure. I always wondered, like, do those blip ads do anything for you? Or, like, give you a few bucks? They
1: they make me between uh, $300 and $500 a month. Well oh, that's hey, I'll take not that bad. yeah it's, it's it's better than nothing for just doing something that i that I enjoy doing. Um, it doesn't it doesn't make great money, but also Blip lets me do what I want to do uh, whereas YouTube would probably kick me out. yeah and and hit.
0: make very little. yeah, that's true. Blip is kind of um, has gotten to kind of uh, preserve and protect. Uh, the Nostalgia Chicks and the Nostalgia Critics of the World and the Confused Matthews of the World.
1: They have. That's where people like me who were threatened by YouTube have been going. And they're, they're, they're really good. Bullet is really good.
0: That's awesome. So, uh, yeah, ConfusedMatthew.com. Uh, uh, if you have never watched any of his reviews before, I would recommend start from the Top. Some of the best ones are right at the top. The uh, Star Wars prequels. And um, if you're looking to really crack up, uh, the Lion King. You've never heard anybody give so much a shit about The Lion King. And uh, and, 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 and the logic is, uh, is damn near flawless. Um, right. Thank you again, uh, Confused Matthew. And uh, I'm going to keep watching like I have for six years.
1: Well, thank you very much. I'm happy to do it.
0: Okay.